This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, Steve. Um, but I did get the news today that the half marathon that I've been training for, did that in air quotes, um, just got not canceled, but moved to a virtual race today. So I guess what they want me to do is just go run by myself and like they'll post it online like this is Strava or something. So don't know how I feel about that. I think uh, I'm not going to get my refund back at this point, but I'm probably just not going to do the race. So that's where I'm at. I mean, that's exactly it. It's so they don't have to give you your money back, which I get. Like, I, I understand as a, yeah, as, a, as a fellow race director, you have to do what you got to do. You have you have you have uh, bills built in that you have you know you have no control over so i get that but mike you should just enter like a borderline world record time well now <laughs> we're talking <laughs> and as always at the house of sav we got trent fontanella trent how are you doing oh i'm doing good boys i may i may sign up for that virtual half because guess what i've been doing i've been doubling you believe that no you have no i've been I don't running actually, sicko i've been running two days in a row for, I, mean, <laughs> I did that twice in the last two weeks. I've run two days in a row. So that is the washed up doubling. It is going out. I went yesterday and I went today. I did that once last week. So I am whipping my my ass in the shape during quarantine. Well, by that definition of doubling, I haven't doubled in like two and a half weeks. So uh, <laughs> there we go. There's that. <laughs> um, hey, anyways, guys, you know, there's a news story floating out there before we get into the official running news that no other media outlet is talking about and it is blowing my friggin mind okay and it needs to be talked about it's a little off topic right now but i need to talk about it. you guys have seen tiger king right yeah oh yeah big time i'm ashamed to tiger say king. i have not seen oh, i mean no, trent, i've seen okay. clips trent, of it this i'm gonna just cut AMB myself out for this section trent this is an a and b conversation see yourself up mike jeff lowe is carol baskin's first husband and nobody's talking about it. Have you seen these pictures? Yeah, Steve, I saw the article he sent to me, and some of the de- like the more I read into it, uh, it 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 started throwing me off a little bit. But if you just go on the pictures alone, like just show somebody the pictures, yeah, that? I mean it it, it is it is it is husband. I mean it's insane. How it would be the about this. It would be the only way to make the craziest documentary of all time even crazier. I mean, that would be a legendary plot twist. I mean, I think it just, just speaks to society today where it's, you know, you don't even have 20 seconds of fame anymore. You have five seconds of fame. I mean, this was a documentary that captured an entire nation during the beginning of quarantine. And the craziest possible story comes out and nobody's talking about it. So that's just that's just where we are as a country. And, uh, you know, people people just don't care. So who is Carol in? <laughs> that question see yourself out okay mike on that note let's kick off the running news
boys, um, there's not a whole lot of running news. Um, so I'm kind of scrambling. I'm thinking I'll go through the headlines, and then we should just make up running headlines, and we'll talk about them because okay. <laughs> there's nothing going on. So, okay, here are the first ones. This happened a little while ago, but we never talked about it. The world championships that were going to be in Oregon for 2021 have officially been moved to 2022. So, folks, we're still in, baby. I'll see you there in Eugene, Oregon, 2022 for the world championships. So, Mike, you, am I supposed to create a headline? Because I got one lined up. Yeah, please. Go ahead. All right. So we all know that everybody that that, uh, that University of Oregon was a, a little behind on building the stadium. And there was questions that if it was going to be ready for for the uh, for the trials. So I think the, the, the headline should be changed by Un- University of Oregon has their asses saved by coronavirus. What do you think? Or maybe bigger than this, University of Oregon, this is for woke trend, University of Ooh. Oregon is where Ooh. coronavirus started to oh, give them no. time to buy time for the world championship. Whoa. I don't think Whoa. of our... I don't think our U of O uh, alumni guests that we've had on would appreciate that headline, but we're rolling with it anyways. Get your tinfoil hat on. I mean, that 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 sounds uh, that might be the best theory yet. That's for a big woke Trent over there. I'm I'm all in on that. I I I'm gonna believe that so much that it just becomes true. You know what they say? Just just believe something until it becomes true. I'm just gonna believe it until University of Oregon started the coronavirus. All right. Next headline we got here. Uh, This one doesn't really need uh, any furthering on it. It's just a little riding dirty. Hit me with the chameleon air. Uh, 2017 London Marathon champion Daniel Wenjiro is popped for performance enhancing drugs. Just another uh, saga in the Kenyan marathon team that is just getting riddled with uh, positive tests right now. Boys, what do you got to say about a little riding dirty? I hate that we have to talk about this every other episode. I'm done with this. Um, I am entertained every single time by the the Scott Fobble tweet, like, hey, where can I where can I send my invoice for for ten thousand dollars? Just another another person that finished ahead of him that's been that's been popped for performance enhancing drugs. It's just sad. I mean, it's just you know, it's it stinks that this is where we're at in the sport. It's unfortunate. That's the one thing that we can count on, right? I mean. We've been talking about some wild news <laughs> stories on this pod, right? We, we've had no races to talk about. We're talking about Britney Spears running 40-yard dashes and, you know, just a bunch of random stuff. And But you knew, you know, if there's one steady headline that's not going to change, despite whether it's quarantine or not, it's that, you know, somebody is going to get popped. It just It's just too prevalent in the sport right now, and it's like Steve said, it's a sad reality. All right, and the final headline I have before we uh, throw some make-believe headlines out there. Um, This quote is not a good one, and it comes from the CEO of the now 2021 Tokyo Olympics. I guess CEO. Is that what they call him in the headline? That's a weird thing to be a CEO of the Olympics. But anywho, this is his quote. He said, I don't think... Anyone would be able to say if it is going to be possible to get it under control by next July or not. We are certainly not in a position to give you a clear answer on that. They are still in doubt if we will even be able to make this delayed Olympics happen. Boys, 
I'm sorry to, to to bring a damper onto the episode and, you know, give you some bad news. I'm just reading the headlines. I'm just the news guy. What do you think? Not a big deal, dude. This is virtual, like your half marathon. Everybody <laughs> put your Stravas on and get out in the neighborhood. That's a good point, Trentel. I mean, if I don't have sports for over a year, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, guys. Like, you know, I, you know, we talked about on the podcast before. My day to day isn't a whole lot different because I, for the most part, work from home. So I'm, I'm, you know, coping with this quarantine pretty well, better than most. Like this is just, you know, a de- another day in the life. I'm fine with it, except for the fact that I don't have sports and it is driving me nuts. I didn't realize how much I needed sports in my life until coronavirus, but I need it and I need it bad. Yeah, you put the nail on the head there too, Steve. Where this is a running podcast, right? We're all we're all wash up runners that love the sport. But to me, that makes me question, you know, what sports will we have? Like, I can live. I hate to say it to all the big running fans out there. I can live if I can't watch running for a year and a half. But if you take all sports, just like I live with any sport, you can take any one, you can take any two, you can take any ten sports out. But you just start taking all sports out for the next year. I mean, that is a that is a dark year. I mean, I can't. I'm sick of losing money on Swedish harness racing. I just can't. I can't. I can't place another bet on Swedish harness racing. I just that that's not. It's not doing it for me anymore. Moscow Liga Pro Table Tennis Boys. That's where it's at. Um. So. Yeah. I mean, guys. Unless. I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but unless you guys want to talk about uh, some random dude's backyard half marathon, or if you want to talk about social distancing while running and all that stuff, that's that's it. That's all we got. So I, I, I do on that on that, Mike, I think that these these backyard marathons and like running and like one spot like we did we did an indoor beer mile which was kind of a joke you know hand up we we, we are part of the problem but it's kind of jumped the shark a little bit and uh, yeah. everybody's everybody's trying to go viral with kind of their their backyard marathons and and it's a uh, you know i think that's that's been played out so if you want to do a backyard marathon more power to you i just don't care about it if it's on twitter anymore i i really don't People are desperate, though, right? Like like you said, regardless if you put it on Twitter or not, that is the point of where people are, where they're trying to entertain themselves, is you're running 26.2 miles, you know, in your backyard. Yeah, I mean, and so we're talking about, like, these marathons in your backyard and virtual races and stuff like this. It's like, how can – and, like, I get how the pros are doing it, right? We're not the pros. How can anybody possibly motivate themselves to train for anything when it's like we can't even be sure that the Olympics are going to happen in a year and a half from now? It's like, I mean, I'm going for runs. I'm I'm running. But how could I possibly train for anything right now? There's nothing to train for. There might not ever be anything to train for. It's ridiculous. Uh, I think we need to I, – I mean, I know this is a running podcast, but we need to, like, mentally – prepare ourselves for a delayed or potentially no football season guys like that's that's where my head's at right now see that's the one thing i can live with no football this year if there's any year for it to happen i'm gonna be bummed about no college football i'll tell you that much (laughs) mike don't cry because it's over smile because it happened you know just because tom brady isn't a patriot anymore doesn't mean that we shouldn't have football in our lives Listen, we got a long way to go without sports, and this conversation needs to happen. But 
I, I need, I, you know, a few more Miller Lights and a few more quarantine podcasts before we start getting into that. You've been saying that for a month now. And on that, yeah. guys, you know, I think we have an action-packed episode for you. So we have not one. We have two interviews. So on the topic of Mich- Michigan alums, we have Ben Flanagan on the podcast today for an interview. A lot of fun talking to him. And then we also have our guy Chief from Bell Lap Track and Field which is our new sponsor of the podcast. They are going to be sponsoring all of our interviews going forward. So let's get into our interview with Ben Flanagan. All right, we are here with the 2018 10K Outdoor Champ, Ben Flanagan. Ben, how you doing? Doing great. Good, uh, good to be here. So thank you guys so much for having me. I'm, I'm pumped. So you know, obviously there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now. Um, unfortunately, all of sports is getting canceled all across the world, and the Olympics are pushed back a year. And our sport has just kind of changed up so much. People are having to rearrange their plans, rearrange their their training schedules. But um, just talk to us a little bit about you know where your where your head's at right now. Yeah. Um... I think it's been a pretty uh, overwhelming, you know, month, month and a half for, for everybody, you know, athletes and just generally everybody in the world. So, um, I mean, honestly, I like things. I, I just think this, uh, this situation with COVID has been so disruptive to everybody's lives that like, obviously there's specific things that we're affected or for specific ways we're affected as athletes, but I don't think anything is that different from just like, you know, anybody else in the world. It's just like, you know, people are losing their jobs. People, people are dying. You know, there's, there's a lot worse than just, um, some, some, some complications of the race schedule. So that doesn't mean it hasn't been, you know, difficult because it has, and, um, it changes the outlook of the season and and goals, but I definitely have had to remind myself on a daily basis to have like a big picture mentality. And, you know, this, this whole situation is bigger than me. It's bigger than, our sport. But, um, yeah, that being said, I'm still doing what I can to prepare for, um, you know, now Tokyo 2021 and, you know, just anything. I mean, if there's one thing I've realized since turning pro, it's that, um, fitness takes a lot more than just a year to build. So anything I'm doing right now is just, you know, more fitness in the bank for later. Yeah. I know like for me personally, and obviously I don't train anywhere near the level that you guys train at, but if I don't have something on my calendar, it's really hard to, you know, get that extra bit of motivation to do that extra rep. Are you finding it hard at all without something, you know, that next next step on the calendar to to get that much more out of you? Yeah, I mean that's definitely uh that's very that's totally relatable. It's it's always it's always helpful to have, you know, something really pressing to to get you through, you know, one of those like crucial workouts, get that last rep as as good as you want it. But um I think our coaches have done a pretty good job, like changing up the the routine we were on currently on to what we're on now. And you know, we were we were in the intense stuff. We were, you know, for me, I was like, all right, let's do workouts so that I can run, you know, sub thirteen twenty. That's kind of what we were aiming for. And then as soon as things started to to develop, we kind of just started to pump the brakes and kind of just transition to more base training, more volume, tempo, fart licks, all that stuff. So. Um, 
So workouts are just different. It's a different style. Um, motivation, I think, has been in a pretty good spot overall. Um, the biggest thing is not having, um, you know, a big group of athletes to work out with. You know, that's where I think we really miss out on an opportunity to push yourself a little bit more than, than you would otherwise training by yourself. Who who are you training with right now? Who are you living with actually? Where where is your quarantine taking place? So my quarantine currently I'm actually in um, Massachusetts in Falmouth um, with uh, Hannah. That's my my girlfriend and and her family. But um, I was in Charlottesville before, and um, I live with Rob Demanic, Colin Benny, um, Philo was Philo Germano is back in New York, and then Joe Cush. Um, so pretty much Syracuse alums plus Rob, but uh, yeah, pretty much the Syracuse, you know, and national championship team plus Rob. But um, yeah, we were uh, since we were all living together, we were still able to run together, which was actually really helpful. Um, so I was training with them a lot until I came here to Falmouth because uh, Hannah and I recently got a dog, so a little puppy. So I've been helping take care of him. So you uh, you know everyone's getting quarantine dogs right now, right? That's so, right. <laughs> we're we're those people. We did that. <laughs> what kind How, of dog? What's that? What kind of dog? He's he's listed as a golden doodle, but I mean I don't I don't think he's a golden doodle. He's he looks like he's not like your, your typical golden doodle, but he's super cute. His name's Norman. Um, yeah. So Hannah is like crazy dog person. So uh, as soon as her she was at the University of Michigan, just finished her last semester. She was on the golf team there, but uh, obviously with her as a student, things just like abruptly ended. So I was planning on getting a dog in June, like the minute she graduated, but we got one, you know, now instead. How different would it be if you were back in Virginia with the teammates during quarantine versus now, you know, living with the girlfriend and the cape and the dog? It's pretty different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like this is a crazy thing and, you know, I definitely don't want people to like take this wrong way or anything but uh like our lives as distance runners and at the professional level you know for me I'm, I'm Canadian living in the U.S. you know I can't I can't work any other way than you know my visa is allows me to do exactly what I do and that's to get paid to be a professional runner so my all my time is dedicated to that so the quarantine wasn't that big of a change to my lifestyle at all you know I spend a lot of time at home. I spend pretty much time just with my teammates. I sleep a lot. I, you know, like that, that, that adjustment that a lot of people have to make of being home all the time and like having this free time on my hand or their, this free time on their hands. That's an adjustment I made like a year and a half ago when I became a professional athlete. So, um, honestly back with the guys in the house, life is very chill. Um, you know, you can take two hours to, you make your toast if you want. It's just like pretty slow paced. But uh, here with Hannah and the dog and her family, it's been amazing. It's a different experience just, you know, being around, you know, her her and her company and everything like that. But, uh, you know, the dog is obviously a lot to take care of. And, you know, we're doing things with their family and stuff like that. So I got to like stay focused on running and make sure I fit it in at the right times. And because um, it's kind of a balancing act of making sure like, OK, I need to get what I need to do done but I also want to respect, you know, the fact that I'm with, you know, good company and like, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not prioritizing running more than other things in my life. That right, right. Prioritizing. You know what I'm saying? So, so maybe my answer is that you, uh, you know, you're living with your girlfriend and, and their family, but I got to ask, 
where's the facial hair, man? I was loving loving the little <laughs> goatee look you had going there, and all of a sudden you're clean shaven. What's going on? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, honestly, like it, to me, it's it it's really funny the development of me being known for my facial hair in the running community because <laughs> it's like not something I ever really like intended to do. And like, to be honest, I always thought my mustache looked really bad, but, uh, like, you know, we always did the no shave November thing, Movember. And, you know, we, we did one year where, you know, I, I tried to really like, I mean, cross country, no shave November is a big thing. So I was like, okay, I feel like we kind of stole this tradition from a good, uh, like fundraising campaign and we're not collecting any money. So I tried to, I tried to like tie that into the cross country season a few years ago. So our team started to grow mustaches and people, you know, were into it and stuff like that. Um, but when I was like, you know, kind of on my role running well in 2018, like I didn't really have my mustache much, but like people were like, you know, commenting about like bringing back the stash, all the stuff. And I was like, where did this come from? Like, I don't even like, like know where this, what this is about. So by popular demand, then I started to, you know, grow it out of my professional uh, career and, you know, I made a priority to race with it. Um, but I do like to switch it up. So I kind of just like, you know, when I'm not racing, sometimes I'll shave it. Sometimes I'll grow it out. Sometimes I'll make it disgusting. Sometimes I'll trim it. It's just like <laughs> all over the map. You got to give the people what they want. You got to give the people they want. And like, you know, it's not what everybody wants. So I, I, I tell anybody, <laughs> any guy that grows a mustache is that I'm like, listening. guys like it a lot more than girls do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all my guy, like all my friends, my buddies, like other runners, people that are looking up to, you know, me and other guys, like as athletes, like they are all like, oh, the mustache is awesome, grow the stash. And most girls are like, not about it at all. But <laughs> the girls that are, are really about it. So yeah. I, I've had like a beard now, but before I was really just mustaching. And it, I think it would piss my girlfriend off so much how often I got compliments of it when I was out just from other guys. <laughs> like, my ego just got stoked all the time. Like, hey, man, nice stash. Just strangers. It was so yeah. great. Dude, do you know what the funny thing is about a mustache, too, is that um, compared to, uh, like, any other qualities, I feel like for some reason it's the the most comfortable anybody is just telling you straight up how they feel about something about you. <laughs> yeah, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people don't do that with other things. You know what I mean? You don't have a stranger come by you that just says like, oh, you got to shave that. Or like, oh, that <laughs> like stash is looking good. Like people don't say that about, you know, your hair or like other things. But like I'll shave sometimes and people are just be like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, you got to bring the stash back. Like it looks way better. I'm like – you understand what you just said like do you understand what you just said to me like you just straight up were like oh your face isn't that good without yeah, you look ugly right now yeah without something over top of it yeah <laughs> but i've gotten used to it and i have fun with it and like you know i don't think i'm the best looking guy in the world so it doesn't phase me but uh it's just funny that the mustache is such a, like a unique quality that people are very comfortable talking about it Mm -hmm. whether you want to hear their opinion or not so I, I now i just like you know i embrace it so i keep be curious do you feel the same way yo absolutely it's right? it's amazing like I, the other day i went to pick up a pizza and a the complete stranger behind the bar was like bro 
you gotta get rid of that <laughs> just like you don't even know me yeah. you know and then I came home and I was telling people that and they're like yeah you gotta get rid of it yeah but yeah it's amazing the strangers that will say stuff to you people are like oh well he has a point you're like do you guys not understand what I'm trying to say here like you don't walk into a pizza shop and worry about you know just getting roasted by the cashier right I, I didn't say you look like you could you know work on your arms a little bit or That's something like that or... yeah. exactly, yeah. man it's it's wild Oh, but it's whatever. And I am, you know, my defense to, you know, especially in college, because like I encourage the other guys on the team to grow their stashes out and just mm-hmm. like that even more. So like, all right, yours doesn't look good. Like the least you could do is stop making other people also like not look good. <laughs> so and I always told like in my defense, I was like, no one grows a mustache to look good. It's like it's bigger. Yeah. Than, it's not <laughs> the goal is not to look good. It's like totally different that's a side effect of it we look good when we have it but that's not the goal yeah maybe and you know sometimes you know there's other guys that i would i would never encourage them to grow a mustache to look good but i would encourage them to grow it anyways for whatever reason it might be i i literally shaved my mustache yesterday really (laughs) i had a little quarantine beard going on and my wife just finally broke down she's like She's like, you gotta get rid of that. So. Yeah, that's so funny. That's actually. But I was itching. I was itching like crazy. I couldn't take it. I had to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, I the quarantine uh, facial hair has been a big thing from what I've been seeing. Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people have been into that. So, um, and that's kind of the thing, right? Is like I used to, I used to need November or no shave November. Like I needed that excuse to grow out facial hair. And then I got to a point where I was like, I mean, I don't care anymore. Like I can just, you know, do it, not do it, but. And the other thing I, I haven't mentioned that is important is that, like, Hannah definitely has, uh, like you guys are saying, some level of say as to whether I have facial hair or not. Yeah, <laughs> but she back actually, to my like, original point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. So she actually does like the mustache, though. Like, when I was when I ran at Falmouth um, 2018, that's Falmouth why I, champion, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's, thank kind you. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, thank you. That's actually where I met Hannah. But uh, when... I met her there. She was like talking about how like she liked mustaches and I was I didn't have one. I was like, kidding me. Damn. What? Come on. <laughs> that so, woman is a keeper. Right? That's what I'm saying. Well, but you know, every once in a while she's like, All right, you know what? Let's like switch it up. I'm like, All right. What she must like though, if if you met her at the Falmouth Road race, what she must enjoy is badass finish line celebrations because <laughs> your Falmouth finish line celebration is just absolutely legendary. I mean, did you know, like coming down the home stretch, that you know that was gonna happen, or was that just like pure emotion? And I gotta be honest with you, like the guy in second place wasn't that far from you, right? Yeah. And like he was kind of like barreling down on you, so it was, was kind it of a Scott ballsy Bobble? move. But yeah, yeah, Scott Bobble. Yeah, oh Scott my Bobble. God, even better. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. And you just, just with this crazy leaping through the finish line. I mean, it was awesome. Awesome, oh, thanks, awesome. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I actually just did it. So when I'm in Falmouth, I like, I run the course all the time just because, you know, get, like, why not, right? It gets me hype. I actually finished a tempo and I like did a baby jump across the finish line just to like get myself hype. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing this. But uh, to answer your question, like, uh, it was pure emotion, honestly. Like, I've never done that. And the funniest thing, man, is like, like back back uh you know before i i won really anything i was i would always tell my buddies like my college teammates i was like yeah i'm like not really into the celebrations like i'm i think it's cool when people just like embrace it like act like they've been there and just kind of just you know something classy 
And then here I am on like my biggest stage of a win and I'm just like throwing everything everywhere. So it's like I never I never even thought about like what how I re- would react in a situation like that. And I think Falmouth and NCAA, I mean Falmouth is what we're talking about here, but what made it so like unbelievable and exciting is is it's just that I knew I was getting to a point where I felt like going into the race I felt like I actually had a shot at winning like there was like a legitimate belief in that um so actually like following through on that and like executing it as well as it went and like with you know 200 meters to go is when I made a surge and I could just basically tell that I had more left in the tank um and I just started to go crazy because and it was awesome like (laughs) Like, my cousin was there. Like, uh, Hannah's family is, like, super involved in the road race. And they were – they were so this is kind of another story that it ties into. But, like, Hannah's family was my host family at the Falmouth Road Race. So her family was, like, super involved in the race. So they were super pumped. My family was there. It was just such a cool environment. So I just went crazy. So – and I watched it afterwards, and I was like, wow, I do not remember even – like, I knew I went crazy, but that was a little crazier than, like, I even thought. <laughs> so we it love was, it. Yeah. We need more of that in the sport. We talk about it all the time. Like, you know, I, I get it from an athlete's perspective. You want to – you know, as a professional athlete, I think amongst the athletes, one of the coolest things you can do is just act cool and pretend like you've been there before, like you said. But as a fan – you want to see emotion. You want to see personality. So we we really appreciate that. That's I appreciate I appreciate you saying that, man. And I totally agree with you. Like and and that's one thing you know I I I've come to I I've come to um not I, like I feel like I'm appreciating more and more uh a fan's perspective in the sport. And you know I'm a fan of the sport, right? Like I don't want to act like you know it's like athletes versus fans. I think we're all. I think we're all athletes and fans, right? Like that's one of the beautiful things about running is how relatable it is across the board. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that you you nailed it bang on. Is it's like at the end of the day, and especially at the professional level, like you're doing it for people who love the sport and 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 for fans. Because at the collegiate level, you have your college team. At the high school level, you've got your high school team. But at the pro scene, like sure, you've got your like team and your training group. But at the end of the day, like you feel a little bit more of an obligation to, um, you know, give, give the people what they want, I guess. But I'm with you. I think it's really exciting to see, um, you know, whether it's jumping across the finish line or, you know, going crazy or classy move. Like, I I think it's cool to see just like authentic and like genuine emotion. Um, you know, that's the side of the sport that I think is really cool to see. So since we're on the topic of the, you know, spring and summer of, of 2018 and crazy finishes, um, we have to talk about your your NCAA championship in the 10K and that insane kick to the finish and you know probably one of the greatest kicks in the history of uh, of, of NCAA and you know I think watching I was just rewatching a little bit this afternoon and you know coming into the last 200 there's a gap there right and mm-hmm. you're going and you're 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 uh, you're coming up against you're tracking down Kiprop and there's like a there's like a four or five meter gap there going into the last turn. What is going through your head coming down that home stretch? You know, yeah. thinking that that you know I have a chance at, at getting an NCAA uh, championship here. Yeah, man, it's um it's crazy. It's honestly like crazy to even think back to that happening. You know, sometimes I have to like, you know, it's it's taken a while to sink in, and I don't even know if it ever fully will because it was just such a 
the differential from where I was as an athlete before that moment and afterwards was just like it was it it, it gave me the opportunity I have now. It set me up for you know my future, which is really cool. But um, there was there's about three moments I remember in the last lap of that race because I remember a couple I don't remember a lot of the race to be honest I remember a couple moments um mostly just being like very surprised about how good I felt for how fast we were running and then um the last three moments I remember are uh Dylan Maggard going and me being like oh dang like all right Dylan Maggard like I thought it was going to be like Matt Baxter like Tyler Day like one of the guys like Mm -hmm going the front so I remember him going and like kind of starting to like go blackout mode like just like oh man like this is it and like I'm I'm not controlling my actions anymore and then I remember uh I don't remember 200 meters ago at all when uh Kiprop went I remember a hundred and like 10 meters to go where I didn't know if I was going to be able to close a gap and I was like coming around that turn and my steps were like huge like I felt like I was just stomping and I was just like I don't know if I can get this guy. And then with like 60 meters to go, it was just a moment of like, like this is like literally right in front of you. It's probably the most I've ever felt. I don't know if this actually happened or not. This is all could just be like hindsight, but like I felt so in the moment of like, I have to capture like this right now. I have to do something. You know what I mean? Cause there's like, so many races in my life where, you know, I didn't, I made the, I I didn't do enough. And afterwards you're like kicking yourself. But that was one where I was like, I got to just like, I don't know what I have in the tank, but I got to just try. And like when that gap closed, that is like the best feeling of my entire life. (laughs) Like I just couldn't believe it. Like when it actually closed, I was like, holy, I'm I'm actually going to catch this guy. And then the moment where I just saw finish line and nobody else was just like, you know, similar to Falmouth of just like, I cannot believe this is actually happening. So it was pretty cool. I mean, I, it's hard. I don't know. It's, uh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> you've, uh, you've got me all fired up over here, the way you're describing that, you know, the blackout, the stomping. I mean, that's a pretty vivid description there. And I think that's something, you know, listeners can, can, you know, take from this is, you know, what it takes to actually push yourself to those levels that maybe you didn't know if you could do, like you said, you didn't know if you could catch them. But when you're, when you're in just a mindset of, you know, as you could, blackout mode I mean that's that's intense man and I love the way you described it I appreciate that it was uh I mean the whole season was so cool man because it was just a collection of like you know just doing things I'd never done before like I was just training at a different level I was running splits and workouts I never run before and NCAAs was the time where like you know the, the thing that people don't realize is like there's so many times you know and I'm not I'm not unique in this scenario I'm sure plenty of athletes can relate to this but like when I when I tell people about NCAA's on on any of their podcasts or anything I've ever done, I've told them like, yeah, they they ask like, did you think you could win? I'm like, yeah, there was a part of me that thought it was possible, but like, what people don't realize is there's so many races I've gone into thinking like I've had like I've had a shot, and the difference between like being able to win something and doing it is sometimes like the feels like the biggest thing in the world. Like I had races where I was like, oh, I can definitely do this, and then fell so short so it's like the moment it all comes together and it's like you know you think you can do something and it actually happens it's just like you know it's it's what you know makes you addicted to the sport <laughs> it's pretty hmm. awesome 
it's what makes you celebrate the way you did it's just it makes pure you celebrate euphoria the way you did. yeah it's just like that affirmation of like wow i'm not crazy like i actually did something that i thought i could and i didn't know if anybody else would have thought i could do it is mm-hmm. is pretty pretty freaking awesome and a valuable lesson for the kids out there whenever you accomplish something big first person you got to thank is mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I know, was, uh, yeah, I'm glad that all went the way it did, but you know, I, I've, I've, tr- I, you know, I've tried to explain that in so many different ways before and I don't really have a good explanation. Oh, I love it. No, it was great. Yeah. It was it great. Just, it's like, something that's, that's awesome. It just happened. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I just remember saying it and it was just the first thing that came out and there, but it was pretty cool. And you've totally like, embraced it with your Instagram and your Twitter. And... Yeah, I tried to, man. I mean, there were some people that really liked it. And, like, honestly, I, you know, I wasn't the first to embrace it. It was, uh, you know, I came I, – I remember going to um, the car, like, after everything. I just kind of calmed down, and it was just my coaching staff and and uh, and me and sitting, like, in the trunk, I remember, because, like, we didn't have seats or whatever. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I was checking my phone and I was just like, oh my God, like Shalane Flanagan just like tweeted at me, you know, or had my name in a tweet. And I was like, this is insane. And I like watched the video and I was like, God, I don't even remember this. Like after everything that just happened in the past, like 45 minutes, I don't remember this happening. And then, you know, I couldn't believe like how much steam it actually ended up picking up. Um, so after that, I was like, all right, I got to, I mean, I definitely got to roll with this and you know, I, I mean, I still, it's, you know, it's, it's been almost two years now and like people still come up to me at races and are like, Oh, like, where's my mom guy or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just like when someone gives you credit for something like that, you can either shy away from it or just like, you know, embrace it. And I think it's, I think if people are into it, then I'm happy to, to embrace it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, like of all the things you could get caught on camera saying like post-race good or bad, I think you nailed it, right? Because now, like, you're, you're like this, like, mama's boy. Your mom's proud of you forever. I'm sure you've said things after races that you didn't want yeah. caught on yeah, camera. So, so, oh, yeah, so you're yeah. lucky that that was the one that, that you know, went viral. <laughs> oh, 100%, man. Yeah, that uh, it worked out pretty well. But and it's cool, you know. I, it was cool to like, you know, for my mom, honestly. Like, I like I, was, not to get too sappy with it or anything like that, but like. You know, my mom is you know, both my parents have dedicated so much invested so much in my career so um you know and i've taken that for granted a lot of my career so it was pretty cool to have a moment of of giving it back in in whatever way that was <laughs> for sure definitely and then on that summer there's one other thing i need to bring up because i think you had like you know one of the greatest you know five six month stretch that we've seen in the sport in a while so you 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 get the ncaa national championship you win falmouth which i think is like one of the coolest races of all time it's like one of the historic races and then you go and you and you take an attempt at a sub four minute mile you don't see many 10k runners like making that a priority like at the peak of their at the peak of their running why was that so important to you dude it was i remember getting a text from my high school coach and she was just like um it's funny so my my college coach is named sully or kevin sullivan we call him sully my high school coach is christina sullivan who i also call sully so this is high school coach sully she texted me and was like you got to take a crack at like sub four because you don't know if you're ever gonna like get the chance to do it again like who knows right and um Dude, that, that summer was so freaking awesome, man. Because the racing was sweet, but, like, I just wish I did something to document, like, what we were doing behind the scenes and workouts. Because, like, dude, I was just, like, 
my confidence was in a place it has never been before. I was just going into workouts just like, oh, I'm just going to like shred this or like it's either going to be good or great. And I was just like having fun with it. And Falmouth, we like went in, you know, we kept the strength training. We, it was like definitely my my element. I was racing against guys that were, you know, loaded, half marathon training. I was in good 10K shape. So it's like for me, it, it worked. It just was great timing to go and run a race like that. So that was awesome. But after after that, we didn't have anything else on the schedule. Um, so we're just like, well, I mean, might as well try to break four. Because basically, like, during that time, we were doing a lot more speed work. And it was something that I was, like, accrediting to a lot of my success. Because I've never been a kicker. I've always been the guy to go to the front with five laps to go, terrified of everyone that was going to kick me down the last 200. But uh, all of a sudden, I had speed. So I was, like, super geeked about that. Um, probably thought I had more speed than I really did, but, uh, I talked to Sully and, okay. So there's a couple of stories here. I am sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going go for it. No, go for it. So I ran this mile on the road in Ann Arbor just for fun. It was called the dart for art. And it was this local running shop called the Ann Arbor running company puts it on. And I ran a 408 and I won. And it was after I did this four this 400 meter repeat workout. And I, and I, we had some beers afterwards Sully and I, because we weren't, you know, we were, I, we, I wasn't an athlete. He was in coaching. College Sully. So. Yeah, college Sully. So we were like, went out for a drink and uh, we're just chatting and stuff. And, you know, we're having fun. And I, I tell him, I was like, I bet I can break four. And he's like, all right, that's not even what he, what happened. He said he thought I could run four minutes in the mile. And I was like, that's like the most offensive thing you could say to anyone. You think I can run <laughs> four minutes in the mile? Like, you don't think I can run 359.99? Like, you think I can run four flat? It's like, yeah, you could run four flat. So, again, this big, like, heated debate. I have it all, like, you know, somewhere saved somewhere. Someone filmed it. but uh, And I wanted to post it, actually, after I, I broke four, but it was so – it was not okay to put on social media. So, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> But uh, so we like shook on it. And then, you know, then I ran Canadian Champs, ran Bix, then ran Falmouth. And then between Falmouth and um, this Long Island, uh, Hoka, like Kyle Murbers meet, right? Yeah. Um, we decided, okay, if we're going to do this, like we're going to really get after it. So I just spent like two and a half weeks just doing straight like 800 meter miler workouts. Like I was doing like 150s, 200s. Like I ran my fastest 400 split in a workout. I was doing like all these things and then uh, I thought I was ready to go. I thought I could have ran on my best day 355 going into it. And that was probably not true. <laughs> but that's what I thought at the time. So to run 357 was like, was awesome. Because I, I definitely thought I was capable of breaking four minutes. But, um, you know, I wanted to like, you know, I wanted to see like what I was, how good it could be. And um, it was just such a good time to, to, to do something like that because I wasn't sponsored. I didn't have collegiate eligibility anymore. So it was just like, it was all for fun. And, um, you know, now being a professional and having like very more serious schedule, I like appreciate that we did that at that time where there was that much flexibility. So that was a long answer, but those are all the reasons tied together why I want to do it. And, you know, who doesn't want to be a sub four minute miler? Something I always want to do and my life and I'm really happy I checked that box because last year I did run four minutes exactly in the mile. So <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever do it again. We'll see what happens. <laughs>
Oh man. Hey Ben, thank you so much for coming on. This has been this has been a ton of fun. We've had a lot of fun talking with you, but we end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, kick off down the home stretch. Let's do it. All right. Down the home stretch. Rapid fire questions. You are a uh uh, former Wolverine, University of Michigan alum. So your topic is the University of Michigan. Trent's going to hit us with the first question. Let's do it. All right, Ben. Is Tom Brady the greatest winner of all time? Yes. Is Tom Brady the greatest athlete of all time? Mm, no. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Is, uh, Can you say yes? <laughs> is Tom Brady the most handsome man alive? Um, <laughs> up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Top, uh, yeah, 99 percentile. Okay. 99.9, I would say. We Love could it. do a lot more Brady, but we'll mix it up here. So, right. um, how come Michigan has to be the maize and blue? Why can't you just be normal and be oh, the yellow I, or the gold and blue? Yeah, I love that, man, because it's like, oh, it's it's very Michigan. I mean, I love Michigan, but I like I love Michigan to death. I had an amazing experience there, but uh, oh man, like I understand that within the Big Ten and even around the country, you know, not everyone loves Michigan as much as I do. Some people hate Michigan as much as I love it. So, like, to be the maize and blue man is just, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just think it's funny because I bring that up to my friends all the time. Like, even just by accident, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's maize. And they'll be like, they get so <laughs> pissed off about it. So, I don't know. I don't know the answer. But fun fact, there was a period where the color maize was actually patented. And when we changed sponsors, we had to use a color called Sunburst, but we still called it Maze. So but you're the Sunburst in blue. Oh. Not anymore. We're back to Maze. Oh, okay. But there was a period where we called Sunburst Maze because it was so ingrained in the culture, even though it literally was not Maze. Interesting. Uh, this is an educational podcast as well as a, uh, as a running podcast. Um, yeah. Next question. Two-parter, have you ever crossed paths with John Harbaugh, and do you wear khakis on game day? John Harbaugh, not uh, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. I oh, up. God. You can cut that. You can edit that. No problem. Oh, absolutely not. That's there. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, I have seen John Har- – God, now you got me saying it. <laughs> I, I, I've seen Jim Harbaugh um, – I don't remember where, but not anywhere that I was able to interact with him. I think I saw him at a pool when I was cross-training. And what was the second question about khakis? Do you wear khakis on game day? I wish I said yes to that because it would make me a bigger fan, but I don't. I wish I did. (laughs) I might start. All right. So I read on the uh, interweb that... Uh, apparently there's some like fraternity or like Michigan army that protects um, the 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 M from being vandalized by incoming teams and you know other schools. Is that true? And if so, were you ever part of that fraternity I, or army? <laughs> I was not part of that personally. Um, I don't know how organized it is, but I do know that people don't like the M getting vandalized, and that there's a particular time of the year where it does um as runners we run through the diag which is where the the m is all the time and you don't step on the m either so you would purposely jump over it apparently if you step on the block m you fail your first blue book which is like a type of exam at michigan so ton of traditions you go go on all day i would have not i've never been the fraternity that protected it and if i was i'd probably be a liability anyways so it's probably <laughs> 
Trent, hit him with the last question. Alrighty, so the the Fab Five, famous basketball team from Michigan, they got a little trouble and they had to give up, you know, that Final Four appearance they had for taking a little something, something. So should we be suspect, you know, suspicious about you and uh, your teammates there at Michigan for taking, you know, some inappropriate benefits? Uh, uh no, definitely not. People do not care about us anywhere close to the amount to give us anything that the Fab Five got. So, um, you know, I'm not an athlete. Anymore. I'm not a student athlete anymore. So, you know, I got, I got no stake in this anymore but uh yeah like if people cared about us as much as the fab five and we got some extra benefits that would have been pretty cool but we did not <laughs> but if you're a suspect you know it, i i understand i wish that that is a part of a history we must embrace mm-hmm. oh man well hey thanks again for coming on um we're gonna be rooting for you hoping you make team canada and uh, do some damage in the olympics in uh, 2021 yeah thanks guys i appreciate it so thanks for having me All right, that interview with Ben Flanagan is brought to you by Bell Lap Track Gear, where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes. Support the sport you love with the help of the Bell Lap boys. Look good, feel good, run good. Listen, guys, I could I could go into a big rant about how badass Bell Lap Track Gear is, but we got our boy Chief coming on next to talk about it. So instead of me telling you about it, I think, Steve, we should let our guy Chief tell you about what they got going on there. Yeah, sure. And and just before we get into it, like you guys should go follow this Instagram account right now, even before the interview, because it is the coolest, most exclusive track and field gear. It's awesome. So I agree. Go follow them on Instagram and let's get into our, our interview with our guy Chief. very different type of interview for you today but one i'm really excited for so we are here with chief from bell lap track and field gear on instagram so chief why don't you start off telling us a little bit about your page and kind of who you are yeah definitely guys hey thanks for having me on um yeah what we do is we help professional runners make a little you know money on the side uh we we do that by them sending us any of the gear that they no longer want and we end up selling that for them and giving them back 100 percent of the proceeds that's awesome so where 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 did did the idea of this come from yeah that's a great question uh it hit it actually hits close to home because the deal with that is the long version of the short version which you guys want go long baby all right long version right for for the guys listening to this on the long runs right that's right so my my little brother uh was in college ended up breaking four in the mile out at Boston, right, on the indoor track. At BU, always, right? Yeah, BU, baby. Uh, we track. always tease him. Yeah, we tease him it's short. Like, we tell him, like, <laughs> it's short, so they got to get rid of him. You got to take him off the list. But, uh, yeah, so he broke four there, and he's like, you know, I think I want to do this running thing post-collegiately, but no clue how to do it post-collegiately. So when we were out at um, USA's, we ended up running into a coach of a team, um, and they ended up giving him a contract, right? Just a small contract. They give him some gear and then a bonus-based contract. So if you run X time, you get X amount of money. So that was awesome. Uh, He moved out, started training with the team, you know, and uh, just really struggling to make ends meet, working 30, 40 hours at a running store 
like stereotype, right? And then still training, meeting the guys for workouts, for lifting, two-day runs, all that. But it's tough. It's hard, um, especially when you don't have anything to support. So when he got – he ended up having to quit because he couldn't pay the bills. Like he had to get a real job, which is you know terrible. We all have to have real jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> but – he had to quit and walk away, and that sucked. And so we were talking afterwards, um, my baby brother, who is the pro, and then my middle brother and myself, and we were all talking one time on a, on a group um, call, and he's like, you know, it was great. They gave me a ton of gear, but I wish that that money, they would just would have given to me in a contract. Like, just give me more money. Like, you get hella gear, but I need more money. I was like, dude, let's sell it like so that you got some money now. And so we sold it and then we started on eBay and we we're like, this is dumb. Why are we selling on eBay and giving them 20%? <laughs> and so we were like, screw it. We're going to make a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And Instagram was blowing up at the time. So we were like, screw the Facebook. We'll just do the Instagram <laughs> page. So we did that and we started getting the word out, just word of mouth, telling the guys, other guys that he knew that he ran with, ran against hey, if you got any extra gear, we'll sell it for you, give you the money. I got I got a full-time job. I don't need the money. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it'd be nice to have some some extra cash, right, always. But, I, I, yeah, I don't need it compared to those guys, especially now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that that that's the, the sad reality of the sport that it's – I mean, it, it's oftentimes more than a full-time job to, to be competitive in this sport. But – very few people are really making enough money just doing the sport to, to kind of even just pay the bills. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for them. The guys and girls work really, really hard and it's a sport I love. Right. So I always said, if I was going to be a millionaire, I'd start a professional team. And this is my way of, you know, giving back to the sport that I love. I've been lucky enough that, uh, I've been able to sponsor a couple guys. My brother and I were sponsoring a, a three different or two guys and one girl. So we're sponsoring them by giving them any gear they need. And the way that we pay for that is we sell merchandise with our logo on it, and all that money goes back into buying those those people. Trainers, spikes, anything they need, they hit us up. They send us a text, hey, I need this. Great, we'll get it out to you. So when you guys first started, what was the kind of perception from, you know, the, the professionals that you're trying to work with? Were they, you know, pretty cooperative right away? It was something that you kind of needed to build your brand before people kind of started trusting what you guys were doing. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a scam, right? Imagine, <laughs> imagine meeting us at USA's or meeting us like via text, a random text. Cause running world's small. You're only, you're one person away from having anybody's phone number. It's a really small world. So imagine getting a text out of the blue or a DM or just meeting us and we're like, hey, we'll sell your gear for you and we'll give you all the money. They're like, what's the catch? No catch. Just want to do it to help out the sport. They're like, yeah, right. Get out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, it was hard to get things started. Um, but now it's really taken off just word of mouth. Hey, you're hurting for money. So-and-so sells, sells gear. Hit them up. Here's their number. And that's that's what we need in the sport is, uh, I don't know, just the, the no catch part about it, just what we can do to promote it and to help other athletes out. It's kind of the idea of the podcast here is just what we can do to help grow the sport, to contribute in our little way uh, of gaining interest and sort of thing. So, I mean, you're you're uh, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, like the reasons that you're doing it seem like it's it's really authentic, which is really cool to hear. Yeah, try and be like the Robin Hood man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a good way to think of it. Right. So it, it's great. It's awesome when you get the text back from the the pros and they're like, hey, I was able to pay them the rent this month. Like that really hits home because I remember so sending money, like Venmo and money to my little brother to pay for the rent because he's like freaking out, couldn't pay rent. Oh, man, that's that's brutal. So and, and I think, you know, you, you one of the reasons you've been really successful is because you have a huge following on Instagram. And you said that you kind of hit it at the right time. But I got to imagine there's a lot of work that went into to building that that pretty sizable uh, following you have on Instagram right now? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, always, we always respond to every direct message. Um, so anytime somebody respond, sends us a message, we always respond to everything. Um, I mean, my brother and I, we've got full-time jobs, but we still, we're lucky enough. We work from home. Um, so we, we set this up so that the drops happen, the gear drops happen before work. Um, so we get that taken care of and knocked out before the day starts. Um, we also make sure like that we answer any questions, right? Even if somebody hits us up and asks us, Hey, what's the best trainer or what's the best spike for this? We'll go into it. We'll talk to them about it. Even if they're not buying from us, we just try and be authentic and genuine, right? We're, we're helping out the pros. So we might as well help out the fans. My favorite part is most of the people that buy this stuff, even the really expensive stuff, 99% of the people just wear it. So they're buying it on a Tuesday because we do gear drops on Tuesdays and Fridays, they buy it on Tuesday so that we have enough time to ship it to them so they can race in it on the weekend. And I love it when they send us like messages, hey, rocked, rocked this 5K or rocked this 10K or rocked a half marathon this past weekend wearing it. That's totally. so cool. I, yeah, I mean, like, you think about other sports, and, and we do a lot of co- comparisons on the show, right? Like, what what is our sport doing differently compared to other sports? And a huge part of it of the other sports right is the the merchandise right like people want to buy a football jersey or you know a, a baseball jersey with their favorite player's name and stuff like that like the fact that it's not like that common to you know buy a, a singlet from your favorite you know running group or running team or a, an athlete that inspired you it's kind of an interesting thing and now that I'm you know thinking about it out out loud it's like isn't that something that we should be pushing more? Like these guys inspire us. These are guys that we look up to and, you know, let's try and market them as like these elite professional athletes and not just, you know, as, as, you know, other runners out there doing the thing that we're not going to pay attention to. Absolutely. I mean, running has a, a, a great history, um, that's not taken advantage of. We also have a history of keeping our athletes down. There's, there's certain parameters that we, keep our athletes to um, you're not allowed to have any other brands besides the apparel brand that sponsors you on your app on your Jersey that that really limits the dollars. I mean, I know that you guys did an interview with Mackie and he talked about the piece of the pie, right? I think that that was a great interview. He, he talked about, cause they're out in Seattle. Like if Amazon wanted to sponsor them, they're going to want their logo on something, right? Well, they can't yeah. have it on anything. So that, that, that really limits the dollars, the marketing dollars that, that flow into it. And same thing with individuals. I mean, you watch the Diamond League final of the 1500, and there's everybody's got the Nike kit on. You maybe have like one Adidas in there, or two Adidas in there, and like one other random. But 
It just looks like everybody's running for the same team. At the very least, give me color combinations. Yeah, right. Well, how do you how do you think we start to break that down? Because right now, I mean, you know, and, and I think I don't want I definitely don't want to spend too much time kind of bashing the brands because, you know, the, the brands do drive the sport forward and they are very important for the sport. But I think in on the elite side, the structure we have right now is kind of holding them back a little bit because they're the key sponsors. There's where that's where all the money's coming from. Is there is there any what what do you think? um you know, the, the sport needs or the sport could do to kind of start breaking down just the control that the brands have over the athletes. Yeah, I think that that's, that's a great observation. Um, I think that, dude, every year those, those brands put a lot of R and D, put a lot of marketing dollars into coming out with a great kit. I just think that you can do that and allow the athletes to have some customization in that it can be as simple as just a logo on the chest and their name on the back. I mean, that's silly, right? But I do think, you know what, I'm I'm representing whatever brand. Like put my put my name on it. Why do we have a piece of paper pinned to somebody's chest when we're running? That's arbitrary. <laughs> it's so and, dumb. and you know what? We're using pins? Are you kidding me? We can't think of a better thing. We're gonna they put you know, back in 2016, Nike had those arrow blades, those little rubber knobs, right? Yeah. Actually I got a pair right here. So what you're these saying things, is what you're saying got, is this is that this is a conspiracy things. by big uh, safety pen. Big yeah, safety exactly. pen is holding the sport back. <laughs> but Nike talked about like these are supposed to cut yeah. through the air and reduce wind drag, right? And yeah. then we're gonna put a piece of paper pinned to their chest. Come on. <laughs> it's but so crazy seriously, when you think about it. We should be able to put like their name on it at least. So, yeah, yeah you, you say, you know, like jokingly, it's silly to have the name on the back and, you know, some sort of logo on the front. But I've always thought, like, why are we selling? Why are we not selling, you know, singlets where uh, whatever is pinned on you is actually just like part of the singlet. Right. So I don't know. Like I was thinking the Des Linden, like you should be able yeah. to go out and get yourself a Des Linden, you know, jersey or whatever. And, exactly. a singlet and have it like the name totally just built into it. And you're right. Why the hell are the athletes just not wearing that as their race uniforms? I mean, that's insanity. I've never really thought of it, but it's yeah, just it's perfect sense. Yeah. I've always said uh, just like the Celtics, right? They got the Celtics yeah. on the front, right? But it's all it's a Nike jersey. They're all the same. They're yeah. all made out of the same material. They have the same seams, but it's green and it says Celtics. Well, why can't Des Linden have Maybe she has the green one or whatever color because she represented Hanson's for a while. And then it says Dez on the front instead of pinning the that stupid piece of paper. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm a Celtics fan. I'm not going to go out and just buy, you know, a jersey that says Boston and has, you know, 99 on the front. I'm trying to buy somebody's jersey, right? I, those Marcus ones are always are the discount ones, right? I want a Marcus Smart freaking jersey. <laughs> you don't go out and buy like the $25 knockoff from wherever that just has the team name on the front and Boston on the back. I don't know. You just don't do it. Yeah, bingo. I, I think that that's awesome. I think that you should be able to at least give me the option to customize it on, on whatever website. Like yeah. I can go on a night or on NBA.com and make my own jersey. I just make a generic jersey and then on IAAF.com or whatever they change their name to now. <laughs> <laughs> World Sports uh, website and be able to do a Matt Sensowitz or Des Linden or whoever. You're making so much sense right now. I love that yeah, idea. Love Me too. 
I don't know how then, we make that happen. And right. then you're 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 taking the ability. So you're essentially, you know, the the you know one of the cool things that you're doing. You talked about how people get to, you know, they buy stuff from you and they're wearing it in a race the next weekend. They're essentially wearing like, you know, professional game worn gear, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like think about, you know, how much does a a game worn jersey go for in the NFL? You know, imagine if we can start attaching, you know, the uh, 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 an athlete to that specific game worn. It would be even you'd be even making even more money off of these. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I do keep it on the DL. Like, never, I never tell who the athletes are. That's just, true. Just because I don't want, I don't want that to to get anybody into trouble, right? Um, I also, it, it's really awesome when somebody ha- is like, "Hey, I'm gonna have my mom DM you because she wants to make sure this is legit." And so I'll have these <laughs> high school kids or junior <laughs> high kids' parents sending me a message. Yeah, <laughs> I was, those always crack me up. Oh man. So, uh, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, do you have like a, um, you know, as your brand's kind of been growing and, you know, doing all the stuff you've been doing, do you have a specific product or like a line of products or, or just some memory from what you guys are doing that stands out to you that that was like, Oh man, that was really cool. Obviously without like naming names or anything like that, but just some step that you guys took with, you know, what you're doing that was like, man, that was a really proud moment for, for us. Yeah, the first time um, people were always asking, hey, can we get some Bell Lap gear? I want to wear like the brand. Yeah. And we're like, ah, I mean, talk is cheap, right? Like, are you really going to buy it if we take the time to get something printed up? So we did a small run of just T-shirts, right? But we were like, all right, we don't want to just do any T-shirts. We're going to do some nice T-shirts. So we did some nice um, Nike T-shirts and got that logo printed up on it. it looked nice. And sold out. And I know that I've made it when I go to a random race and I see somebody wearing that that I don't know. Like it's cool to see my buddies wearing it. Like, okay, yeah, they bought it. But I'm I'm looking forward to the day when I go to a random race and I'm like, oh man, that's my logo right there. That's dope. <laughs> that's awesome, but, man. But yeah, so the the point that stands out is people see the logo and they're like, hey, can you put that on this or how about this? Um, we did a run of hats and sold out of the hats. So we're like a mini tin man. We're not on that level yet. <laughs> any, uh, any super weird or unexpected gear that maybe you, you unloaded or maybe you have, you know, coming out like besides, a, you know, a singlet or a hat or anything like that. Right. Right. Um, so we get, we tell the pros like we can sell anything for them. Like it doesn't matter what it is. So they send us all kinds of stuff. I mean, we get trainers. We always tell them like, all right, we can't sell some busted trainers. So don't send mm-hmm. me some trainers with 500 miles on it, right? But we can sell anything. So we'll get like, we'll get book bags. We'll get spike bags. You'll get like the random giveaways that they give you at the marathons or the track meets. It'd be like headphones with the logo on it from the meet. Oh, that's <laughs> or, cool. Yeah, so those are those are always cool. I got like a, like a Hoka, like One One um, mug. So like you get little random giveaways like that. So it's always kind of cool to see what what comes through. You get like a 50 pound box of stuff and you're just going through it. It's like Christmas every time. <laughs> oh man. So so before we wrap this up, let uh, just kind of tell our listeners a little bit about the process. Like if they wanted to buy something from you, like how does it how does it work? Yeah, it's real simple. Uh, like I said, we do drops. Or we call them drops, gear drops on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, we'll list gear out. We'll also talk about like what the item is, what condition it's in, and then we'll set a price for most items. 
if it's a really rare item, we ask for an offer. So we'll put like the ask a question box and we'll just have them put their offers in there. Um, but we respond to all the DMs that we get. So you DM us with the item you want. You can pay with Venmo or PayPal. We'll ship the item out, send you the tracking number. So it's it's real simple. Awesome. And so you put most of that stuff on your story, right? Yeah, we put it. Um, we put all of the items in our story, and we put like the really dope, high end, cool stuff in in the page. Nobody wants to see like a a pair of headphones in the page, right? <laughs> they want to see the singlets and the yeah. prototypes. Chief. Thanks for coming on. This is this has been a ton of fun, and I'm glad that we got to tell listen, listeners a little bit about your uh, your Instagram page. Thanks, guys. All right. So thanks again to Chief from Bell Lap Track and Field Gear. Uh, it was great finally getting to you know chat with him and talk about some of the we got some cool stuff planned with him going forward and so one thing that he's pushing out on uh, this very podcast is that if you go and leave a review for this very podcast on itunes right now and listen if you've already given us a review i don't care go convince your mother or your brother or your cousin to go leave a review take a screenshot of that review and DM it to the guys at Bell Lap Track and Field, and they will pick the best review given on the podcast, and then you will be eligible for a sick package of some gear courtesy of the boys over there. So go leave your review, and they're going to hook it up immediately. Let's go. So, Mike, I I wanted to say this about our guy Chief in Bell Lap Track and Field. Like, we're we're pretty protective like of our brand like we're for the most part like we're doing this for fun and we're not just gonna like take anybody on as like a partner or sponsor like we really appreciate what he's doing over there and he's got a really cool instagram page and the other thing mike and trent is that chief's been a fan of ours since like almost day one like he's been following us for a long time he's been interacting with us so like we would consider him a we're a fan of what he's doing but he's he's a fan of our podcast and like that was like a big reason why i was like we need we definitely need to like partner with this guy in in some way so and i think we just talked about the before the interviews the the possible who knows if even tokyo is happening next year you know there's going to be such few track and field events throughout the the remainder of this year and into next year um that now's the time more than ever to to support a great cause like this and support the athletes out there because there's going to be you know, way fewer chances for these guys to get their appearance fees and to get that race bonuses and so forth. Yeah, it, it's a whole world that I think not a lot of people, including myself, like before we were really introduced to everything that got going on, like this whole world of, you know, professional athletes on the verge trying to make a dime. You think of a professional athlete and in our stupid heads, the first thing that goes into our head is like, oh, they must be making good money. In our sport, that's not the way it is. So, yeah, no, I love what they're doing. And we're all we are, we all have the same dog in the fight here, right? Like we're all just trying to grow the sport, make it a better sport, make it a more marketable sport. So, hell yeah, I'm all about it. So guys, before we wrap up the podcast, I think we're we're talking about maybe dropping a second episode by the end of the week. I mean, this is, you know, this is our one year anniversary of kind of like the true kickoff of our podcast. The true kickoff of our podcast was the the Boston Marathon. It really stinks that we don't have it this year, but I'm thinking that we might do a P2E Classics episode just recapping the the 2018 
um, Boston Marathon, which was one of the my favorite races of all time. So maybe we might, I don't know, maybe we'll watch it and then we'll talk about it. I'm thinking that maybe we pour a couple Miller Lights and we kind of record while we watch it, um, you know, starting at a certain point. But we got that coming down the pipe. We'll, we'll figure that out. Maybe we'll get that out by, by the end of the week. But on that, we move from our interview with Bell Lap Track and Field Gear to the Bell Lap. So, Mike, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Yeah, Steve. So, uh, just a, like I always do here, you know, I'm always business in the Bell app. Maybe maybe one of these times I'll actually have some fun and tell a cool story or do something something good. But, listen, it's it's weird to think right now, but podcasts are, are down in this quarantine time. At first, I thought they were going to be up because nobody's got anything to do. But nobody's got their commute going. Nobody's at work where sometimes people listen to podcasts. So podcasts are way down, and that's not just us. That's across the board. So here's what I'm what I'm asking you guys to do. Besides the normal stuff, we always ask for follow us our page and leave a review. Just tell one friend, right? Tell one friend about what we're doing here. If you like what we're doing, because we're over here having a good time. We're grinding. But if you tell one person, if everybody tells one person to, to give this episode a listen – Boom, right there, we're doubling it up. So help us out, kind of try and help spread the message of what we're doing here. And during this quarantine time when podcasting is down and racing is is nowhere to be found and running is, you know, the, the industry is hurting, we all need this right now. We all need to help each other out. So hook us up, tell a friend. Thank you very much. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll try and riff off of what Mike just went there because – I've actually been I've been listening to some podcasts while I've been at home during my, my quarantine. Maybe I'm a little bit different from the rest of the world, but I just want to share we my podcast. Different than the rest of the world. <laughs> I want to share my podcasting tips with the rest of you. So what I like to do is just have that pod on when I'm doing all that random stuff that that doesn't require much thought. So you know when I when I'm cooking something right when I uh, when I'm doing my dishes when I'm sitting on the toilet. Right. When I uh, go down and do the laundry, like whatever it is, I get a little pot on. Sometimes I go a little fast speed. You know, I go maybe one point three or if I'm feeling really crazy, two point oh. Whoa, hold on. You are a psychopath. You listen to your podcast on 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 faster speeds. I have a lot of podcasts I like to listen to, including our own. And I speed them up. That way I can accomplish twice as much or at least 1.3 times as much content as if i were to listen to it on normal speed i mean if we weren't on the bell app i would dive right into this because that is a straight up psychopath move oh i'm prepared to dive right into it it is the best decision i've made where i have just i am a smarter person i'm a more cultured person i am supporting all my favorite podcasts 1.3 times as much as you are over there <laughs> see see before you get into it before you get into it let's save it because two months from now, who knows what the hell we're going to talk know, about. So enough. we'll bring it back. Some, we'll bring it we're back. We're going to need some content. <laughs> All right. So for my Bell Lap, I wanted to bring up P2E Superfan, our guy, Joe Rand. I, he, was doing, he, was on, he was on Instagram Live the other day. I tuned in. I said, well, you know, you know Joe, Joe's a hilarious guy. You know, let me just see what he's doing. I tuned into Instagram Live. Joe Rand is running on a treadmill wearing a P2E shirt, drinking a Miller Lite. And it was, it was the greatest thing ever. 
<laughs> I just gave like I saw that and I just gave a fist bump and I was like Joe don't ever change man don't ever change I love I'm, it so much I'm pretty so, sure Joe has not run sober in years <laughs> and he runs just about every day oh man other than that guys I would have run faster but I peaked too early Mike hit me with the Josie Josie's on a vacation far away So I was just about to say, Megan is working the late shift tonight. So I kind of had a house to myself. So maybe I'll do it. I could definitely just do it. I have nothing you, else going you, on. Did you respond to him or no? Yeah, I told him, yeah. Oh, okay, because he just he just texted me. I didn't respond to him. He said, Trent will be there, will you? <laughs> <laughs> a power hour, dude. What an aggressive move. But that's a perfect drinking game that you can do over some Zoom. I mean, I would love to do it if I had more heads up. I feel like... Just invite Cece to do it. <laughs> That's going to be like 20 minutes after we get off the podcast. <laughs> you go right into power hour. <laughs> Don't even tell her. Just tell her you had a super long pod. And then come out an hour later. You had an emergency interview call. And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love is spilling, waiting there for you to take and drink of. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pages. Clapping, felt the desert burning. 